0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're chatting with a guy who has traveled the world in search of the perfect steak. Hey family, hope you're well wherever you are, and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. This is episode 131 of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, and today we're chatting with Dane Cowan from Smoke and Steel Barbecue in South Australia. Now, before we get into that, I've just got a couple of announcements that I want to run by you. The first is that this episode is proudly brought to you by Jagged Woodfight over in WA. So if you're looking for your new smoker, barbecue, grill, uh, perilla, they do all sorts of stuff, custom work, they do some beautiful custom kitchen installs, hit up Jules and Glenn, they do some fantastic work. They ship all around the nation. And they also have some fantastic steak presses. If you've seen some of my videos and photos with the steaks, that's what I use. It's great gear. So big thanks to them for uh, for proudly being a podcast partner for this episode. The second is that we have our free mini ebook available for you over on the Smoking Hot Confessions website. If you're at the start of your barbecue journey, this is going to be perfect for you. It's the Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. So we start outlining what low and slow barbecue is and give you a few ideas of your first or second uh, couple of cracks at, at, at having cookups. So head on over to the website, smokinghotconfessions.com, have a bit of a click around, a bit of a scroll around, a pop-up window is going to appear, put your details into that and we'll shoot that through to your inbox for you. The next one is that we do have the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community over on Facebook. If you're looking for a barbecue group that is just about barbecue, I know, wild idea. Then this is the group for you. So it's a, it's one of the nicest corners on the uh, of the internet. We do aim to 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 keep it that way. And uh, if you're looking for somewhere to just hang out and just chat about barbecue, that is the best place for you to be. All right. And the last one is that if you are watching this video on YouTube, do give us a thumbs up, a subscribe and hit that little notification bell. If you're watching on Facebook, give us a like and a share. And if you've got any comments, any questions you want to ask either myself or Dane, pop them in the comments and we'll make sure that we answer them for you. If you're watching on IGTV, give us one of those cute little hearts and a follow so you get uh, notified of all our IGTV videos. Woo, almost couldn't get that out. And then if you are, of course, listening on a podcast app, do give us a five-star rating and a review because that helps drive us up the charts and helps Apple to expose our show to more potential listeners. So that would very much help us out. We would very much appreciate it. All right, so now today's episode. As I did say at the top, we are chatting with Dane Cohen from Smoke and Steel. And you remember him from when I was at uh, Fat Trip last year and I did misname him. I called him Dean Cohen. So I'm being very clear. It is Dane Cohen. D-A-N-E, Dane. <laughs> he hasn't let me lift that down either. He'll probably give it to me a bit later on in the episode too. Dane and Smoke and Steel are long-term competitors both in the ABA and the SCA. They are um, with his teammate Jesse Donomura. They became the Australian SCA champs and they've represented Australia in Texas not once but twice at the SCA World Championships. So if you're into cooking steaks and all the different ancillaries, this is definitely going to be a great app for you. So that's probably about enough from me. Let's get Dane in here.
1: This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long's it been since your last confession?
0: All righty, Dane, welcome to the confessional, my friend. How are you today? Pretty good, man. How are you? Mate, busy. It's a really hot day up here. I've just been working out in the yard, been digging up some old pavers and knocking the concrete off and pulling plants out. And yeah, it's, uh, it, it's really hot, really hot. <laughs>
1: It never ends in the garden, mate. Never ends.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't. That's the the uh the beauty and the curse of having gardens, I suppose.
1: I'm on a I'm on a pretty large block here and it's never ending. Mowing lawns, pulling weeds, changing plants. As you can see, I've got a, a massive tree here behind me that's that drops its leaves in um in March, April, and there's probably about a million leaves on there I've got to vacuum <laughs> up and mow up and <laughs> You know, the, the kids think it's fun running through the leaves that they're flying down on the ground around them, but really it's, it's I me mean, that's going to clean the mess up. So.
0: Well, as soon as they're big enough and strong enough to hold that blower, I know what their job's going to be.
1: Pocket money. That's how they
0: yeah. do money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let's kick things off. Tell me, what was the last thing that you barbecued?
1: Uh, I made some burgers on Friday. I did a, an in and out uh, double-double style burger, which is pretty good. But the last time I thro- thro- uh, fought up the smoker, i I made some, um, made a big platter. I did uh, some uh, Brahmin hump pastrami and like a, a chicken half, wow. and, some, um, and some pulled pork, and then some biscuits and stuff with it. And yeah, I'm kind of into making Texas-style barbecue platters at the moment.
0: I've noticed some of your pictures there. They're looking really like bang on. They're looking mint. Thanks,
1: so. mate. It's uh, yeah. I just I get a bit of an idea, a bit of a vision, and you know, sit down and fry up the drums and cook a few things and get some mates around and get a bit of a feed. So it's
0: Yes, it's good. So, speaking it's of good. the drums, are they your your favorite? Your, your favorite? Are they your
1: favorite rig to use? Uh, look, for ease, they are. So they're just a couple of homemade uh, forty-four gallon drums with uh, Weber lids on them. Um, it's what we made and what we cook on for comp. Um, but as far as sort of ease and smoking goes, they're probably my favourite to use. But I've also got, you know, an offset, about fifty million Webers, and uh, an Acorn Camaro, and, and some GAs, and whatever. So you know, you can't really pick a favourite. It's like it's like a kid. But if I need to do some work around the garden, I I fire up the drum and and then let that sort of do its thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Get a lot done in the in the meantime. I can see a little GA over your shoulder there behind you. And you mentioned that you got a whole bunch of Webers. What's the most sort of rare or unique Weber that you've got?
1: Uh, probably my burgundy GA. I've got a color ga a, a Burgundy one. That's in my um, in my study on the top shelf. Uh yeah, in Pride and Place. Uh, they're quite into expensive the pool room. and hard to get. Yeah, straight to the pool room. I've had a i have had i have had a few other rare ones. I picked up a, a Chief at one stage, which I swapped with a mate for for another color GA. Uh, chief's a, a brown 26 inch Weber from like 1979. Oh wow. Uh, there's, there's probably only about maybe less than 10 in the country. So, um, yeah, I've had a couple of rare ones come through my hands, but but my current rarest one would would probably be that Burgundy one.
0: Nice. Nice. And had it been cooked on before or was it a brand new one in a box that just Uh, no one had opened?
1: Definitely not a brand new uncooked one. It's just, uh, it's been used, it's got a couple of chips on the enamel, but you know, it's just character for it. It's, It's still a Burgundy GA. There's, there's not that many around, you
0: know? No, no, I haven't seen too many of them at all. I don't think. Nice. Yeah, very cool. That's so just tell a
1: little me. grill station there behind us. That's a little wine barrel that I take my photos on and use my GA. That's where, it's where it lives. That's so. oh, perfect height for it.
0: Yeah. So, man, tell me about the, the SA barbecue scene. How, how's things going down there?
1: Well, we've got a pretty, a pretty good little scene and good little community down here. Everyone seems to sort of band together and help each other out, and we're all a friendly bunch. You know, it's, there's not that many people in South Australia compared to the other states, and so everyone kind of knows everybody. And uh, we've got a bunch of butchers and and people that are into you know helping everyone out and get the cuts. And you know, if someone's like, oh, I live in Tea Tree Plaza and I, I want to find a brisket, everyone's like, oh, there's a butcher here and there's a butcher there, and you know they'll get it in for you. You know, we've also got a couple of people making rubs down here too, like um, Tom, you've spoke to Tom recently, and Cole from Rub and Grub, and everyone seems to sort of get around them. South Australia sort of support South Australians, you know, and you know, we've got the 2016 uh, ABA champ Craig from Sup Knuckle down here too, and he just released his new rub too recently, I think. So, um, he's you know out there helping people out, and you know, it's, it's pretty good. And obviously, you know, Grant Hollywood, Neil, who doesn't know, who doesn't know Grant. No, we've got a pretty a pretty good scene. Old Rob uh, Moyer, who runs four comps for us a year down here too, doesn't doesn't sort of impede that um, growth of the uh, of the of the barbecue down here. So, all in all, it's pretty it's pretty healthy. It's pretty good down here.
0: Yeah, I have noticed that um, that the South Australian scene doesn't seem to be nearly as um, uh, shall we say factional as some of the other states. Like you all just seem to get along and back each other and you seem to have your eyes focused on a wider scene than just what's happening in your city or just what's happening in your suburb or,
1: um, yeah, everyone tries to help everyone out. And that's sort of, that's the South Australian way. I think because we are so isolated from the rest of the States, you know, it's a nearly a thousand kilometers to Melbourne, you know, that's, that's, that's a day's drive and we're all here stuck in the middle together. You kind of got to live with each other and, you know, there's only what 1.2 million people in the whole state. So, you know, that's probably a suburb in Melbourne, isn't it? Really? Yeah, so, I think so, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, everyone sort of helps each other out and bands together and, um, yeah, yeah, we've got a couple. We've also had quite a few amateur comps. There's, I think there's one coming up this, this month Um, that helps sort of grow that scene as well, getting new, fresh people in, giving them a taste before they want to want to delve into the rest of it. And, no, nah, it's, uh, it's all right. I think that... Up in smoke this year, uh, yeah, up in smoke this year had 40 summit teams, which is not bad for, a you know, little Adelaide, so.
0: Yeah, I think that um, I, I was there last year, 2019, I I went down for up in smoke. I think there was maybe 32 or 33, so that's been sort of growing in uh, in, in, in consecutive years.
1: It was 48 that year. Oh, was there? Yeah.
0: Oh, there you go. All right, I do apologise.
1: So it was 48 that year. I, I remember you were down here. You called my dad Ian Moss. Oh, was
0: that your dad? <laughs> <laughs> well, he really did look like Ian Moss.
1: It's actually it's actually quite offensive to him because he thinks he's Jimmy Barnes.
0: Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, that's awesome. I mean, not awesome, but. That's funny. That's funny. that's funny, as. <laughs> All right. So, so, tell us how you how how you got into barbecue. Was it was it Jimmy Moss that, that got you into barbecue?
1: Nah. So, so so Jimmy Barnes just used to burn the barbie, and uh, my parents went really into food. You know, the mum grew up in the country, so she just cooked a bit of sort of homestyle food, and dad um, just burnt the barbie. When I moved out of home, I kind of liked eating food and going to Thai restaurants in the city and because I live so far away I sort of decided to start learning how to cook Asian food and I went and traveled through a bit of Asia and so I was cooking Asian food at home for quite a few years and then I decided oh look I want to maybe start looking into Mexican and so I was looking into Mexican food and obviously you look into Mexico you see Texas and Tex-Mex and i seen barbecue there and I've been cooking on the Weber for, for a few years, um, just roasts and like, you know, skewers and whatever. I had a little stainless steel satay griller as well that I used to fire up. for that kind of stuff. And, um, also been involved in a, in like an annual hand cook using the Weber's for, for a few years as well. And then, so I, so I gave the, the low and slow a try in the, in the Weber. And then that sort of didn't, you know, trying to get the steak method to work was a bit of a pain. So I went and bought a Smoky Mountain and then, um, and i'm sort of researching online and found the aba in like 2013 2014 so it was was only very small then and um sort of started watching there and um yeah eventually just kept on buying more barbecues had to go and beg the the butchers down here to get me stuff and no wood chunks weren't available so i was going to the orchards and you know my uncle had some almond trees i was taking cuttings from and and whatever to, to get smoke wood and uh yeah eventually um I got on the Instagram, and then um, met Grant and Craig somehow. And then um, through meeting them and hanging out with them for a little bit, they conned me into getting in a competition barbecue. I ended up jumping on uh, the smoking joint with with Grant in twenty
0: sixteen. So
1: wow, yeah, right in we there with, uh, with with barbecue royalty. Hanging out with barbecue royalty, yeah. So Craig and Grant had just gone the year before to. Um, to America through the Weber uh, thing they won, uh, together and, and competed over there in St. Louis. And then, um, yeah, Craig just sort of come around and told me, look, we've got a barbecue comp happening here in, in June and you should give it a go. And I was going to give it a go on my own. And then I rang Grant to find out what I needed to buy and he said, just jump on TSA. So I did. So what was that experience like? Well, so we went and I did this, uh, we obviously did the first up in smoke in 2016 and, um. At that time uh it was Grant Damo, uh Chad Andrew from Sydney. He was he sort of worked with um uh Hilbertly Wes at Bovine and Swine. He flew he was part of our team, he flew down and um I jumped on the team and we took together and we ended up getting a second place brisket. So, you know, it's always good to get a, a call up and I made a heap of new friends and I had an absolute ball. And then we sort of had a bit of a chat group on Messenger after that, and Chad wanted to do the first um William competition the um, smoke in the valley, 2016. I think it was in October, and uh, Grant and Damo couldn't couldn't make it. And he asked me if I wanted to fly up and do it with him. So i ended up flying up there two months later, and 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 cooking with Chad on our own at the um, smoke in the valley, and met you know a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of the big guys now. You know guys are, are good mates of mine like Dan White from. Um, Country, country boys, boys yeah. and obviously Rach, um, the Shank sisters were there and, uh, uh, we were next to uh, Scotch and smoke as well. So I've become good friends with Nick and, and Brad and the lads. And once you start getting in and, and making friends and enjoying it, it just, it just seems to snowball from there. Doesn't it?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's hard to say no to the next competition when you've had so much fun at the one before.
1: Definitely, definitely. You know, obviously see your friends that you that you made last time, you know, especially around the country. It's, um. It's good now either, not a good time with them. We ended up, um, on the smoking joint, obviously, uh, 2017 meet Melbourne. We ended up winning the first SCA competition in Australia. The first state cook-off, um, didn't even know what we were getting ourselves into. We actually, it's a bit of a funny story how that happened. We hadn't booked in to do it. We went to the briefing, everyone left and I was chatting to someone and Grant came up and said, I just bought into the state comp. You got to pick two steaks. And I was like what <laughs> picked these two steaks? didn't do any ancillaries. Um, thought we'd bombed it. I had the ticket in your pocket and went to the grandstand and grant and the other guys were like, Oh, we're just going to go start trimming the meat. Um, uh, because, um, you know, we need to get started and, um, stand there. And our name got called out first. So if you see the video I was actually like waving my hand at the guys at the other end of the arena to come and join me on stage because. You know, I was standing up there and I'm going, holy crap, we just won steak We're going to go Texas. So,
0: yeah, it was great. That's cool, man. That's cool. And so at, at what point then did you um, break off and become Smoke and Steel? Um, so,
1: look, I, as I said, I was going to do my own thing in the beginning from talking to Craig and then Grant sort of got me on and um, sort of at the end of 2017, um, so we had a great time at, at TSJ and been up to the invitational and I think we finished second in Australia on the leaderboard that year 2017, TSJ. And I was just, I was just out for dinner with, with, uh, with, with Jesse and, um, I was sort of another mate and I said, look, you know, Jesse was only judging at that time. I didn't get any aspirations to, 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 to start a team. I was sort of said, I'm oh, thinking about maybe doing my own thing next year. Just, just, blend, you know, just dabbing me toe to see if I can hold it on my own. And he said, I'm in, count me in. So, me, Jesse, and Danny end up starting up smoking steel. Uh, Danny's since uh, gone back to racing downhill mountain bikes. So not mountain bikes, gravity bikes. So he has this other thing, he couldn't do two hobbies and he, he really wanted to get back to his fabrication. So um, Jesse and I just carried on with, with dad washing our dishes. So,
0: If you're looking for your next barbecue smoker or grill, Jagged Woodfire has got what you need. Owners Julianne and Glenn are multiple award-winning barbecue competitors who've even travelled to the US to compete at the World Barbecue Championships in Houston, Texas. Based out of Perth and shipping nationwide, Jagged is one of the largest pit builders in the country and has an ever-growing lineup of meat cooking machinery. Not only do they have their now-famous smoker ovens, their incredibly efficient gravity-fed cabinets are proving extremely popular in commercial settings, and they also make some of the most stylish asado grills you're ever going to see jagged is also well known for amazingly detailed custom work ranging from backyard designs all the way to installations and commercial kitchens proudly australian designed owned and manufactured you can find out more at jaggedwoodfire.com.au, spelled j-a-g-r-d once again head to jaggedwoodfire.com.au, spelled j-a-g-r-d to learn more
1: got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation.
0: All now, Dane. So I thought we might have a bit of a quick chat for, uh, for maybe some listeners who might not be familiar of the ABA and the SCA. So could you start off with a quick, uh, just a quick summary for the new, for the new audience members of what, those, uh, what, the, what all those letters mean, what they are?
1: So the ABA stands for the Australasian Barbecue Alliance and they're the main uh, body that runs uh, barbecue competitions here in South, uh, in Australia. They, um, they primarily use the cuts like uh, brisket, like beef, pork, ribs, chicken, and also lamb. Plus I think they have uh, other like self-choice categories they can put on. And they're the ones where, you know, you start cooking the night before and then you cook overnight and you're sort of handed the next day, um, Long cooks, you know, lots of fun, but you know, lots lots of time and outlay to them. Um, uh, I think if you if you GC uh, an ABA comp, you get an invitation to the Royal uh, in in uh, Kansas. Um, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what happens with that sort of thing. Or might be they might have to have certain proteins in there for you to get that that invitation. Um, whereas the SCA stands for the State Cook-Off Association. And that's sort of run by Brett Galloway and Ken Phillips and they're sort of started from Texas. And all it is mainly, it's all about the steak. So it's just a one day setup. you know, you pick your steaks, you cook them, you hand them in. Um, They also have ancillaries on the side um, to help sort of fill the day in. Um, It's actually quite surprising over in America, they seem to only have maybe one or two ancillaries for the day. Mm. It's all about the steak. Where here in Australia, I think you'll find a lot of competitions are doing four, ancillaries plus the steaks to sort of fill up that Saturday. So, um, it's quite exciting and you can be like very creative with the ancillaries, you know, like hot dogs and burgers and wings or fried chicken. Um, you know, oysters pretty much, if you want to cook an ancillary and give it to Brett and, um, 10, they will write rules for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen some of the things that they, um, that these uh, competitors come up with for these ancillaries and the creativity is just. Madness. You you mentioned uh, Meat Meat in Horsham there before when I was there last year. The the things that I was photographing in the uh, in the judges room there was just nuts, absolutely insane.
1: Yeah, I find though there's there's like a limit of like do you spend two hundred dollars on a hand in to possibly win a hundred dollars for first place, you know, and all this time and effort, you know, or do you kind of try and work your way around it, you know? So yeah, sure. um, look, it, it's all, it's all a bit of fun, you know, it's, and, uh, it obviously breaks up the day and it obviously has the creative juices flowing. Also it's good for the judges as well. So they're not just eating brisket and pork and ribs all the time. They're getting you know, fried chicken and hot dogs and desserts and, you know, all sorts. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd, I'd love to judge an SCA, but, um, so many of the hand-ins come through with chocolate and I can't eat chocolate. So I just, uh, I, I, I just have to stand there and watch.
1: That's <laughs> uh, we'll see for like for bacon for, um, uh, sheep stock, which was meant to be meat stock. We made these, uh, salted maple bacon truffles, you know, wow. so yeah. So they're like just little chocolate dogs with salt on them and maple bacon. And we actually, instead of using butter in there, we used bacon fat. so oh. uh, rendered bacon fat. So it was just bacon so on top of bacon. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, sounds we'll, amazing. You could probably do some of the burger. Uh, Hand ins and, and whatever you can as long as it's just chocolate, you can just sort of skip some of it, so
0: yeah, I can't eat cheese either no no <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, no <laughs> yeah i get uh, i I get classical hemispherical migraines, and if I get one of them, that's it, I'm out for two days yeah, no, well, so
1: maybe uh, maybe don't judge uh s c a just just take photos of it for everyone
0: yeah, just stare there and just and, and just photograph it and just feel jealous. <laughs> So tell us a bit about your, your record with each organization. So we, we know you've already done really well with, uh, with SCA, give us a bit of an idea about, um, about how you've been going with, with the ABA side of things.
1: Uh, so well, the ABA, um, our first year of smoke and steel, I think we come 24th in the leaderboard. Um, we had some pretty good results, obviously not every category we're strong in, uh, land's definitely one that we kind of struggle with, um. But then uh, in our second year in uh, 2019, we managed to get the grand champion at up and smoke. Um, and then uh, a few other pretty good results, a fourth at uh, Fat Trip, uh, which was pretty good. And we ended up fishing 13th on, on the leaderboard, which, you know, as I said to Jesse in the beginning, if we can finish in the top 20 at any stage, I'm, I'm over the moon, you know, it's, it, it's hard. We only do about five comps a year. Um, which obviously, you know, cause we're so distant, um, which obviously reduces our chances of, you know, getting those points to someone that maybe can do 10 to 10 to 12 or even upwards from that, you know, it's, uh, it's a bit harder. We've tried doing the drive to New South Wales, but it's just, it's, it's just too hard. It's just too far to, to drive.
0: Yeah. If it's a thousand Ks just to Melbourne, it's probably what 2000 on a diagonal up to Sydney or something. So
1: I think it's uh 1,600. It's about two days of driving, you know, and and people do say, you know, fly in, fly out, but I, I'm a stickler for everything being in its place and having all my stuff, you know, like you come past my tent, everything's got a spot, it's got a place, it's all set out right, you know? So, um, I just, yeah, I just couldn't do fly in, fly out. If I turned around and didn't have something I needed at a crucial point, I'd, I'd probably have a coronary, you know, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I believe that's called a stickler for detail.
1: Yeah. yeah Some people go, call um, it
0: anal retentive.
1: OCD. OCD. <laughs> you know. OCD yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, look, if, if there's ever going to be a place where OCD is going to help you, it's going to be in competition barbecue. Definitely.
1: Definitely. Yeah. definitely.
0: So yeah. you, you you mentioned that you got in um, up in smoke earlier this year, uh, 2020. Um, yeah. Were you able to get in any more comps before COVID shut everything down?
1: no no we had uh, up in smoke which we didn't have a very good one this year we um kind of bombed in in that one i think home maybe i don't know 13th or 14th or something had a had a couple of dramas as you do sometimes and um and then obviously uh we drove over to to melbourne to the meat stock and we were there early and we were setting up our spot and then jay came out and said well sorry guys it's it's not happening so we managed to have a chat with everybody and um and some, so there was a bit of ground movement. So we managed to get sheep stock in. So everyone drove down and cooked down at old Sheepdog's house, and uh, which was quite a good event. You know, those guys had flown over from from, from America to compete. There were some of the best in America over yeah, here for yeah. that. So um, luckily, I'm pretty sure Jack's Creek or whoever it was gave the steaks to us to to cook. And and they because there was less teams, we had a double steak in Sheepdog's backyard, and they stranded for judges and and whatever, and just sort of made it happen. It was a, uh, it was actually it was actually pretty good. I wish we could do it all again.
0: So that was actually like a, a valid round of the SCA. Yep,
1: yep, hundred percent points and everything. Yep, that's so good. Yeah, but it'll go down in history as one of the one of the fastest made comp's of all time. You know, so
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what is um what is twenty twenty one looking like so far?
1: Well, look, I've I'd, no idea. I'd, I'd like to hope we had the comps again. Really, um uh obviously jesse and i will do whatever we can you know if it's in the in the local area here or if victoria end up pulling themselves out and they sort of open up a bit more we'll head to meat stock. jay's already put in a date for meat stock and said to whoever paid last year can come next year oh, that's um, good yeah yeah but obviously with their current situation that could move either way i've got i've got no idea um we'll probably still focus more on aba um again so after 2018 on 2019 we didn't want to chase the sca points because you know we'd already had that you know already already, already, already accomplished what we chose for that you know if we can get another trip over to america to compete then it'd be great um or we just want to focus on the aba and, and just use the sca as sort of an add-on we're not going to go you know traveling to melbourne just for an sca competition or or whatever um unless unless we you know really want to or we you know, hanging for something obviously if sheep stock was on again we'd probably zoom over for that um, but, um, yeah, we're probably going to try and focus on ABA and just try and solidify ourselves in that. Um, we've, we're changing a few sort of ways that we do things. We've, we've been practising a little bit in the, in the break and tried a few things, and um, hopefully they sort of work out in the end. Lamb for us absolutely sucks. It's, it's probably our Achilles heel, so we're, we're trying to work on that at the moment. We've got some tips from some good friends, and we're trying some, trying some things there, and um, hopefully we can make that work uh, You know, next year, if, if and when the comps start up.
0: Yeah, well, i got my fingers crossed for you, man, that you can uh, get stuck in there and, and, and get back into it as soon as possible. Now, you've, we've been sort of skirting around it, so let's get into it. Two trips to Texas for SCA. Tell us about that.
1: Well, the first one, obviously, was with uh, TSJ. So we were the first Australian team to win golden tickets and go over there. So we had no idea what we were getting into. Floyd um, always the there. best way to go into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also, you know, everyone knows Grant and Dame Mo like to have a – to have a good time um flew over there and they had the um had the international welcome party that we'd never never been like never heard of or whatever so this the first that time was actually at ken's house so ken phillips is this massive house it's on like about five acres um, all the international teams were there we'd meet and chat with people from germany and um all the dutch people and
0: uh, wow. all sorts there
1: and yeah yeah and, and quite a lot of the um quite a lot of the uh like bigger sort of named. Um, American guys came there and whatever, so we all had a big feed and some beers and whatever at Ken's house on the Thursday, and then um, the next night, the Friday night, they did the uh, the introduction, so everyone gets called on stage, and um, we we won the uh, furthest travelled obviously because we travelled from Australia, um, uh, and that was a that was a bit of a big night, and then you got to be at the site at seven o'clock the next morning <laughs> to, to set up um they supplied us with all the stuff and um yeah it was great everyone was just so welcoming like I made so many friends that year that I still keep in contact with now um you know like Bill and Pam Mann um Jimmy Parsons uh, Mark Huntley who's been doing real well over there this year and last year um everyone was just giving me all this information um you know which obviously then I brought home from that year um and um yeah so when I decided to uh, start my own thing the next year all I wanted to do was was get back over there I had heard a whisper that they were doing a points ring if we had enough comps I think they said had four or five comps here for it to qualify um, uh, so I was like you know what boys to, to Jesse and Dan I'm like let's let's chase this like cool ABA let's have a good time but let's chase this let's chase this SCA thing so we ended up um, obviously in that second year um we had um Meatstock Melbourne where we came twelfth, which I nearly cried. And then we went to Meat Meat and came third. And I said to the guys, let's drive to Sydney Meatstock because I'm I want to chase this SCA thing. So we went to Sydney Meatstock and uh ended up getting our first place golden ticket. So we we're going back to Texas. So um yeah, we're over the moon. That's just obviously accomplished what we wanted to then and then we came back. Um And I had up in smoke in June then um, at the Wavell Showgrounds where we got another first place steak, which poised us pretty well. Um, And then I took a solo trip up to Port Macquarie and um, had a few people help me out up there. So the Scotch and Smoke guys helped me out up there and um, the Weber Kettle Club guys, Golly and whatever, supplied me with some cookers and um, I think. Uh, for Steve West to – so me and Steve were pretty much head and head with what were well, head and head, but either of us could have taken it. Steve had to come first, and I had to not top 10. And uh, Steve came first, but I got fifth place. So, oh, And I away right. the and, uh, was the Australian points champion. I won this beautiful ring that I'm – I can see it.
0: Yeah, he's just holding his, uh, his SCA ring up to the camera for the, for those listening.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's uh it was nice. Look, it's, I've, got, I've actually lost a bit of weight since, um, since then, and it's kind of a bit loose on the finger and I might have to get it resized, but, um, yeah. So then after that, we obviously flew to Texas, um, uh, not long after Port Macquarie and, um, obviously another international party and then a, a welcome party, we got called on stage and crowned the Australian points champion and, um, and then went the next day and cooked some steaks which was um which was pretty good so i had um two days of steak cooks uh that year so the first day was one day of steak cooks so i think it was about 115 teams the next wow. year it was two 200 and 210 teams i think so what huh. they did is they did it they did it in two days um so you had your first day which was your first round of steaks for everybody and then the next day was the top so you were there was three three groups the top 20 from each group then competed out um to for, for whoever was going to win and they also had the kickoff classic. So the first comp state cook-off for the for the year then as well so those who didn't obviously place the day before could could cook um, i mean think they had um 250 teams for the kickoff classic so it was uh it was big it was big i don't know how they got that many judges there for it it was like two tenths of, of judges so um Oh, yeah, it was wild. I think last year they actually had three hundred tanks. That's huge. That's so big. Mm. Yeah, so exactly. like, how I works. take it that it's not
0: done at Ken's house anymore then.
1: No, 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 no. They actually had it at a big. So they used to have it at Billy Bob's in Fort Worth, which is a like a, a, a bit of a district off their main little sort of uh, like a, like a mall sort of area a bit. But it's like a they take a horse and cart down there you know, twice a day with all cowboys and that on it. And then around the corner, sort of where Billy Bob's was, it grew out of that. And they ended up moving it to Panther Island, which is like a big, um, like a big oval sort of set up, down in the river. Um, and then obviously I think they moved it somewhere else from, from there. But when, when we went the second year, it was that long that they had golf carts going up and down all day, taking people and taking people's steak to the hand ends, like, Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Because, because they were so far away, they're like just jumping on a golf cart and get their stake up in time, you know, so. Yeah, yeah 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 it's it was wild it was good it was good i, I look I, I would love to go back the people over there are just so hospitable and always happy to give you tips and you know I like can even message your mates now and say look I'm trying something a bit different you know can you give me a bit of a rundown if you cook they won't tell me absolutely everything but yeah they'll give me um give me a bit of a, a bit of a tip here and there you know I'm actually trying to get some um I'm actually trying to get some stuff from a friend over there that he's been using um but postage is terrible, so we um, have to wait off, wait off for a bit at the moment with this coronavirus stuff going on. But yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I think it if, took if me. Uh, can... I, I, I think it took me six weeks to post a hoodie just to New Zealand.
1: Oh, so, yeah. Well, I, I actually, because um, I live down here in like I, um, I sort of helped out with someone who did a recipe book for down here, <laughs> and um, I decided to give one to. Uh, Brett and one to, um, Michelle Dang from, from, uh, from SCA cause it'll have been so helpful to me and the postage over to, to send two books over there was like $85 or something. It was just ridiculous. So I'm um, like, you don't bother that sending me rubs and it's going to cost you, you know, $80 for postage for a couple of containers, you know, like, it just, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's just not worth it. So, mm. um, but like, um, the way to get over there is, is anyone who wins a, a first place, uh, SCA competition gets a golden ticket if you've already got one it rolls down the line to whoever will accept it and then they also do the top 10 um of every country or region um, if you don't have a golden ticket you get an invitation to the world championship so it's um it's uh it's good at the moment i th- I think we're sitting about ninth on the leaderboard if there's if there's some more comps hopefully we can hold that because it'd be nice to get another ticket for when it's open again obviously it's, it's, it's I, don't, I, don't, I don't see anyone going there next year in 2021
0: so no i can't see that happening either
1: i know they're still running their say comps over there uh obviously socially distanced and whatever in their leaderboard but they've pushed the um the, the world championship from October out to March at this stage, I think.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think getting over there won't be the problem. I think getting home will be the problem.
1: Uh, you actually have to get permission, I think, to leave the country. From oh, really? Yeah, at the moment. I'm pretty sure that's what my sister said. My sister lives in Singapore. She wants to come home, but um, I think she said it's too many hoops to well, – for a visit, she said it's too many hoops to, to go through, to, to come back and leave, so – yeah, don't quote me on that, but I think that's what actually has to happen at the moment to actually get out of the country,
0: so. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so how did you go in those cook-offs over there?
1: Uh, so the first year with TSJ, when it was like 115, I think we came 45th or 46th. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. When I, um, when we went to Smoke and Steel, because you cook it on cookers you haven't used before and um, different charcoal and um you know uh all all sorts of bits and pieces we had a bit of a bad day on the first on the first day so we didn't do too well craig philpot from suck knuckle smokers did all right and ended up cooking on the next day and same with russell mcdougall from moist um and then in the kickoff classic when there was like 250 tingles i think we come about 80th but you know, we were getting some tens and whatever. Pretty much you need to get tens the whole way through to be able to be in the top 20, even, you know, it's um it's it's, it's such a fine margin. Um, you know, when you're down a shapital bomber, you know, it's um yeah. The, the judging over there is definitely different to the judging here. Also I think um I think they're more experienced there. So they actually have dedicated SCA judges and what these people do is they travel around and judge SCA, if that's there. That's their hobby, you know. So, so they've obviously done a lot more. Um, another thing I've found as well is the beef is different, and the beef tastes different. So, with our rubs and whatever we use um, here in Australia, with what we what we do is we try and let the beef shine because our beef tastes fantastic. We're over there; you'll find guys are brining them in like brisket injection or whatever just to get more beefy flavor into the beef. And I think that's sort of maybe what made us. Sort of pop down the, the line a bit further because we didn't have those tricks or things that we needed to do those things because here you, you don't need to you know it's um it's it's quite different plus the stakes there are like this big compared to ours which are about this big. So, you know, cooking times obviously vary and, um, you know, trimming techniques as well. So, um, yeah, I, I haven't found some, like lots of people left them nearly sort of whole. Where here you'll find a lot of round steaks, people are trimming them down to round and stuff, which I personally don't like. But um, no, if it looks pretty for the judges, that's what, that's what they like here. So,
0: yeah, you got to go yeah. for those appearance points when you can get them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
1: Yeah. But um, no, it's, it's definitely a, a, a different ballpark over there a way different ballpark, but it's still, still fun. I'd just, even if I didn't cook a steak, I'd still just go and hang out, you know? Like it's <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. it's just, it's just a great one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I was actually um, due to go compete in, uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas, at an SCA there last time I was over there. And it, unfortunately, the, the competition got canceled the morning of due to a, um, to a tornado warning.
1: Well, Arkansas's got a, a bunch of beautiful people there too. Some of the, some of the good friends I've met over there are, uh, from Arkansas. They're, they're definitely Southern country folk though, you know? Um, yeah, but they're absolutely lovely people drinking moonshine and, you know, Joe, Joe Wilson lives there. And, um, if you ever get a chance to meet him, he's a, he's a character, he's a character. He, um, he holds the world, a squirrel cooking championship at his house every year.
0: I've heard <laughs> of the squirrel cooking championships, but I haven't heard the, the, the gentleman's name.
1: That's pretty yeah, wild. That's, that's Joe Wilson. Yeah, yeah. He goes to the SCA uh, World Champions and he's the MC and he wears a an American flag suit and he's got his mustache tweaked out and uh, I've seen photos, yeah. Yeah, absolute cracker of a man. He's he's uh, he's he's an absolutely great bloke. You know, I still I still talk to him uh, regularly. He's, he's he's an absolute laugh to hang around with too. So I
0: thought you were gonna tell me that he wears a suit made out of
1: squirrel hide or something or like a like a Uh, fur coat i'm pretty sure if he could if if he could sew enough together he he possibly might Or fashion a hat out of it I, i might have to ask him if he's got one
0: you're listening to the internationally awarded smoking hot confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd ben arnott All righty now, Dane, it's time for our lesson for the listeners and the viewers. So I thought that given that you are a a two-time Australian representative steak cooker, I might just sort of throw it over to you and you can uh, give us a bit of a rundown on how you like to do your SCA style competition steaks.
1: Yeah, well, what you need to do with an SCA steak is um, they they judge it on appearance, uh, doneness, uh, texture, um, an overall impression. So you've really got to um, make sure you do something to sort of uh, sort of oh, and taste, obviously, um, and you really make sure that you do stuff for each of those things they want. Overall impression, you can't really sort of do much about. You just got to hope that everything you've done sort of melds together. Um, when it comes to appearance, um, oh, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack a bit. When you're picking a steak, they eat the spinalis or the rib cap. So the bit that's on the top, the marbled bit, the eye is purely what they look at for doneness and for appearance. So when they put, when you put the steak in the, in the box, you want to have the, the rib cap pointing down and they'll cut it in half and pull it apart. And then they do, that's what they judge your doneness on. And then they only judge the top of the steak for appearance. So you've got to make sure that obviously it looks pretty, it looks appetizing. Um, everyone uses grill grates. I use grill grates. I personally don't like the flavour from grill grates. I prefer, if I'm cooking a steak at home, I prefer just the nice pan sear
0: or something. Pan yeah.
1: sear or just grill and strut over charcoal too, like that flavour. But um, you seem to really need the grill grates for appearance. Mm. Um, there is a guy right now who's, um, I've noticed on the SCA Facebook group, who's been just doing him in a cast iron pan and get that whole a whole beautiful crust, and he actually won a first place a couple of weeks ago. So um, maybe be someone to to, to to play with. But what you want to do for appearance is you want to get your steak, you want to trim it up, get rid of any excess fat, any little tags or anything. Sort of make the shape of it look kind of nice. Uh, some people like to go for a round. I I personally perform prefer more of an oval shape because it looks more like a steak. And then when they cut it in half, it doesn't just look like half a round. But you know. Uh, I sort of learned that over there because they tend to try and leave them whole um, that I saw. Some people do cut them round still, but you hear a lot of the judges over there talk about hockey pucks. So I don't want to eat a hockey puck. So they're round a little like a hockey puck. So what you would do is you would trim it. You can tie it off, make it a nice shape, um, and then obviously then you move on to the next step, which is um, uh, you want to do something for tenderness. So you want to amp up the tenderness of the steak. So whether you do a salt brine, um, a liquid brine, um you beat it with a mallet you slap on your forehead you do something with it to try and make it more tender or or multiple things you know um uh i've got my method of things that i like to sort of do um which i won't give away a hundred percent but i i tend to do a salt brine um i'd like to do a liquid brine but i've tried it a few times and they tend to just Fall apart too much um, when they're cooked, especially if you get the three-eye steaks. So they're the the ones that are sort of near the chuck end, which have the, the large spinalis, and then they've got like another little muscle here, then the eye next to it. You'll find that those ones tend to fall apart more if you if well, I've found they fall apart more if you liquid brine them, even if you tied them off or whatever, because you've only got that small fat seam in them. or if you get one with like the rib cap on the outside, that quite thick fat on there, I don't think they'll fall apart quite quite as much um from then you want to move on to obviously seasoning for your taste um i tend to find that um some people when they first give it a go they either over season or under season it is hard to get that balance um we use three different rubs on our steak which probably sounds a bit excessive but um uh we sort of get that balance you know and layer the flavors on there um but you know obviously steak's easier to cook iron in practice it's not like you got to season a brisket, cook it for ten hours and then hope at the end it's all right and then you want to do another one, you can line up your set your steaks, you know, you can do four steaks in a day and, and cook them at different stages and try different rubs and, and methods on them and, and compare them to sort of how you go. But um you definitely want to make sure you've got a balance of flavor. But um you gotta remember the judges only eat that much of your steak. Like can't even show you like that much. Like a little square is like all a they Centimeter by a, a centimeter square. square. If that, yeah, I haven't judged, but obviously, from, from what I've been told and learned, if they're all if there's five judges or six judges, and they're only eating the Spinalis, they're not getting my heat, you know. And plus, they have got, you know, they might have 15 steaks, 20 steaks to eat on that day, too, you know. So, um, they've always got to pace themselves for that. And then you're going to think as well, they drink water between, but if they've had a salty steak beforehand, that can kind of wash out their palate as well, can't it? Or it's been a bit hot, so you've got to make sure you kind of. I trend, I, I tend to to pump up the salt a little bit, but not too much, but, um, you know, salt helps bring beefy flavors out and I like a bit of salt. Don't you know? most people like salt. Um, uh, I, I, don't use MSG. I don't know anyone who does, but I'm sure you can give it a go if you wanted to, but obviously, you know, they are looking at taste, um, the doneness, they want, they want a warm pink center. So they want it medium. Um, uh, I reverse here. A lot of guys in Australia reverse here. Um, most of the people in America just direct grill. Um, they don't reverse here. I think it's only maybe about 30%, I think, from people that I've spoken to, probably okay. reverse here. Most of them just, just grill it. They just, you know, grill, grilled for the marks, flip, grill, grill, and they either leave it until it's done or they'll shelve it and have a probe in it until it's at the, the temperature they want. And generally, people are looking for anywhere between 130 to 135. And then, obviously, the carry on and the rest will take it up to that warm pink center. Um the judges actually have a, a sheet next to them which has the colour if they want and then either side and they actually have the points on how to mark them too. So you know it's not relieving much for for, for your own opinion. Um, <laughs> you know, it's either warm pink the whole way through or it's not. And you know that that does take um a bit of skill and a bit of time because um you know to sort of master that and make sure you got that right. Because um, once they cut it as you know it oxidizes and it goes darker red, doesn't it? So you've got to kind of maybe try and allow for that as well a little bit. If you take it a little bit further then it might oxidize, but then it might not. So, um, yeah. And then obviously, um, then the last thing for them to judge it on is, uh, overall impression. So I know obviously if it looks good, tastes good, you know, I've, I've had 50 for appearance, 50 for, for, um, doneness. Uh, you know forty something for taste um forty something for texture, and then like you know forty eight and then forty six for overall impression so I don't know if the bit they ate was overdone on the edge or whatever or they've dropped you down um but that can obviously really 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 hurt you sort of uh at the end of it but um yeah, but obviously you know it does come down to as well the steak that you select in the beginning, you know you've gotta you've gotta have an idea of what you want and um the way they select the stakes is 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 uh, you just pick a number out of a hat and then you go from one to twenty and then they do reverse twenty to one. I personally don't like getting first because you walk up to that table and it's just full of stakes and it's too it's many to look at to pick. Yeah, you know, and and and, and they're timing you. So you know, you're gonna get 30 seconds a minute or something to pick your stake. Um, otherwise, we'd be there all day. So I prefer to be down the sort of the end. But obviously, beforehand, have an idea of what you're going to look for or what you want to cook. Um, when you're practicing, go to your butcher and say, "I want 28 millimeter thick steaks." That's what they use: is 28 millimeter, into and eight thick ribeyes, and tell them the part of the the scotch you want to cut from as well. You know, if you want to be cutting, if you want to be cooking, you know the tri hearts. to cut tri hearts if you want to. Do the ones that are sort of next to that with just a big spinalis on them. Make sure you ask for those ones. So then when you practice, you can sort of get a bit of consistency
0: there as well. Yeah. Right. Interesting stuff. I'm, I'm surprised at it, that it's ex- so exact as 28 millimeters.
1: Well, that's, that's what they say the standard is. You can rock up to the comp and they can be, look like they've been cut with a hacksaw. sometimes, you know, it depends <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the supplier or, you know, like they let you flip the steaks over, but I've gone to a steak comp before and there've been those black trays with those, with the oh. plastics. So you only see one side, there's a sticker over the top of it. How are you meant to pick your steak? pin, you know? So, um, yeah, there's all sorts of, you know, um. Uh, I've seen I've seen some pictures of some shockers over in America as well, but what they call for is inch and eight standard, which is twenty eight millimeters. So if you work on that, you should be right. But I've I've gone and they've been thicker. Um, one of the creek sides I think we went to, and they were like this thick of the stakes. And that really threw a lot of the people who direct grill out because you know if you're doing a minute forty five, a minute forty five, a minute forty five, and a minute forty five, and then letting it carry on, if it's way more thicker, it's going to take a lot longer to to get to that center. And the problem is if it's sitting there for ages on the grill grates when it's hot on that last turn, that that line will burn, so you know, your grill mark will burn, and then as you know, when it's burnt, it turns bitter, and then if someone eats that bitter bit, they're going to mark you down for taste, aren't they? So
0: Yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got um, just one more question for you. I want to loop back to when you were talking about shaping it and you said that you prefer a kind of a, an, an oval shape. Now, I've seen guys that, that like it in circles and they're doing things like um, I've seen everything from like a double string line to, uh, to some guys even using some like truck-size radiator clamps and like clamping them down. Do you like to um, bind yours with either string or clamps and that to get that oval shape or do you just kind of let it be natural?
1: Uh- I use string or I, I make like a foil ring like for it but i don't I, I don't like cooking them round i did in the beginning as i thought that's what we needed to do but after traveling over there and talking to the people and the judges over there um if you're cooking it here and you're planning on going there i, I i'd recommend doing whatever you're going to do over there here so you're not changing something or part of your method because obviously a steak that's this big round is going to cook differently to one that's this big round isn't it you know so it's going to change your time even if you're reverse searing you know it's going to it's going to cook quicker so your time is going to be out for your hand in or you know they have a half an hour hand in window but like you know if you want to be handing out the 15 minute onward bark and your steak's you know you don't know if you're going to be cooking it this big or this big you kind of you kind of need to know what it's going in the smoker otherwise it's going to be resting for 45 minutes and then you're going to hand them in a cold steak you know, you've got to kind of um, juggle that. But uh, for me personally, like I, I, even in America, I saw them using hose plants for it, and I was like, I don't know why all these people are doing that. Everyone's told me not to not to do it. And if you go on their Facebook page and see pictures and stuff, you see comments from judges saying or people saying, you know, lose the hockey puck. You know, it's like so that's what made me steer away from the actual actual round. So I just use foil, um, or string, and just make it that sort of oval shape that I want. You can kind of fold the foil over till it's about that thick. And then I sort of wrap it around and just pin it back itself. And, you know, cause I, as I said, we, we reverse sear. So once it's reverse seared, you can, it's partially cooked pretty much. You're only searing for flavor and color. So you, you just rip off that ring. Yeah. Yeah. Can.
0: So is that, is that purely just an, just an aesthetic then that, that the judges don't like the, the circle? It's just purely the way it looks?
1: Over there is what I've been told here. Here they obviously like it. People have been getting up with it, but, um, um yeah I don't know it, it, it's obviously just an aesthetic thing you know so but like right, for, for me if I'm if I'm looking at it I I like them to be you know when you cut when they cut it in half you're going to have more of the steak that they're looking at and judging as you know the steak than, than, than sort of half a moon and two aren't they for appearance and you know, they might think that, that looks a bit prettier
0: yeah, right, fair enough. All right, well, look, on that note, um, let's, uh, let's start to round out the episode. So I'm going to throw the, throw the studio over to you, my friend, give some shout-outs, give some thanks to whoever you think uh, has helped you on the way, and um, tell everybody where they can track down yourself or Smoke and Steel on the internet.
1: Uh, well, where so you can find me and Smoke and Steel. So uh, myself, I've got my own Instagram, which I post all of my food, not just um, barbecue and whatever, which is thong underscore flippin underscore foodie um because uh yeah i like to wander around with thongs and eat food um you can find us uh at smoke and steel barbecue uh on facebook and instagram and um my uh you can find my helper uh, Bacon Jesus Jesse. His he's, uh, his Instagram is decoy underscore au. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can find us uh, online. Uh, and also, if you're in South Australia, you can you can join the South Aussie Barbecue Group. If you're not already on there, it's a it's a pretty good resource for everyone. So sort the of, um, it's pretty friendly. Um, uh, so as a shout out so I'd like to give a shout out to Jesse Bacon Jesus. You know, he's my barbecue life partner. You know, he was the first friend I met through barbecue all those years ago by chance. Uh, I um, I was smoking a brisket and I posted it on Facebook, and then a friend of mine was at a friend's house and she's like, well, "I'm here, he's smoking a brisket." And then we just started chatting and became mates, and now uh, we would travelled the country and you know been to America together and all sorts of cooking barbecue. So uh, yeah, bacon Jesus is a is a is is a good bloke um uh probably give a shout out to my family for all their help uh you know so i can travel around and after kids and whatever my dad uh, who's my dish bitch he comes to some of the comps and and uh rocks out his mullet and, and does my dishes and, and sort of helps out hey, People, who, people who've come around, have, have probably seen, I've spoken to my dad a few times, he's a bit of a character, he's, he'll be 65 in a couple of weeks and he still likes coming out, he came to Texas with us as well and, and travelled around the US with us and, and and had a bit of fun. Um, and then also people that have helped me along the way, Brett uh, from Lanes and the Lanes crew, they've been um, uh, yeah great supporters and um, I've, I've been doing a fair bit of work with them since Pretty much the beginning um uh rust from natural smoke is uh gives us the wood and uh, helps us out with you know obviously the the, the flavor profiles and new products and, and woods that we like to use um abel from clean heat um most people out there know who abel is he's uh he's still in south africa at the moment and uh, i spoke to him the other week he's just obviously dealing with the situation there and, and whatever but he's he's been fantastic since um day dot uh alice butchers here in Vale. they were um obviously the sponsors of tsj and obviously moved on and, and and helped with myself um they were one of the leaders in the beginning of getting stuff in you know like 2014 i walked in and said can i get brisket and he pulled out this flat little thing and i was like no <laughs> and then I said, "Oh, Cape Grimm and whatever is what I've been seeing online." And he he said, "Oh, the truck's got Cape Grimm on it." And I'll ask him in the morning. And next thing I know, he got me in the box of Cape Grimm beef ribs and some briskets and whatever. And we forged a friendship, and um, we've been doing that. You know, been going there ever since. So um, yeah, shout out to, uh, to to Ellis and uh, Ian and Rian, the guys down there. And then uh, finally, just just all the guys in South Australia, South Aussie barbecue. Um, you know everyone, everyone on the page, and Kyle and, and Jason and, and um, the guys there to help run it and help keep it in track, and everyone who inputs and, and makes it worth sort of, you know, commenting and posting cooks. And you know, I've, I've been writing some tutorials over the last few years and putting in the files, and people, you know, helping people find them and, and cook on their way and sort of get started on their own little barbecue journey. You know, we've gone from 600 people in three, four years. I think we're nearly. 9,700 or something. And just to touch of, under 10,000,
0: <laughs> I was just looking before we started, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also shout out to all my Melbourne mates that, you know, the barbecue guys that, you know, Dave Linton and Gravidal and Boomer and, and those guys, you know, that helped me push and, and do stuff a bit different. And Ross from uh, Firehouse, you know, he's come over here and stayed at my house a few times and and uh, and come and cook with us. So, yeah, nah, it's all fun. It's all fun. i made friends all around the world, but, you know, I could sit here for two hours saying thanks to people and shout
0: out so yeah. awesome man so good so good well look thank you very much for your time today um, I know that you're in the middle of a house renovation so I, I do appreciate you taking some time out on the weekend to have a bit of a chat and talk barbecue with me thanks for having me good and there you have it, family. That was Dane Cohen from uh, from Smoke and Steel. How good is that guy? He's so much fun to talk to and he knows a hell of a lot about barbecue. He's represented Australia twice for the SCA in steak cooking and we had that awesome lesson at the end about how to do your SCA-style steaks. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm feeling like I need to run down the butcher shop as soon as I hit the uh, stop button on this recording, go pick up a couple of steaks and uh, go light up some charcoal and have a bit of a crack at it myself. Really looking forward to the next time I can get into that. Now, before I let you go, just a quick reminder, huge shout out and thanks to Jagged for being our podcast partner for this episode. If you are looking for your next smoker, barbecue, grill, asado, perilla, or you've got a custom job that you need done, maybe you're looking at, at opening up a barbecue joint or building a barbecue trailer, you need something custom done, Glenn does love a challenge and there's nothing that man can't do with a welder. So uh, do hit them up, Jagged Woodfired, J-A-G-R-D, and uh, do check them out. Uh, Also, if you are at the start of your barbecue journey, we do have the Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue available on the Smoking Hot Confessions website. That's smokinghotconfessions.com. Just head over there, have a bit of a click around, bit of a scroll around. Pop-up is going to appear. Pop your details in and we'll pop it out into your inbox. And do come join us um, on the Smoking On Confessions Barbecue Community on Facebook. And do also check out Dane's group as well, the South Aussie Barbecue Group there as well. It's a great group. Um, They they both are. They're both really nice. uh, Nice little corners of the internet carved out there just for barbecue. And the last one is if you are watching this on YouTube, just a quick reminder, give us the thumbs up, the subscribe, and hit the notification bell. Facebook, give us a like and a share. Put any questions you got for either me or Dane into the comments. And if you're listening, uh, if you're watching on IGTV, give us the heart and the follow and the five-star rating and review if you are listening on a podcast app. All of those things help us a hell of a lot, and we do really appreciate it here at Smoking Hot Confessions. And that is a wrap for today. That's all the time we got. So until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing.
1: Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions.